Julia. We bring you this podcast that allows women to tell their stories of giving birth in South Africa. This week, I'm very excited to be interviewing Deanne. She is a mother of three and she speaks mostly of her most recent birth, which ended up being a breech vaginal birth. Her story is quite amazing and I really hope you enjoy. Hi, Deanne. It's so great to have you on the show today. Um, We feel very privileged. Can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Um, I am a mother of three daughters. I um, am a teacher, so I spend my life surrounded by little kids. And um, yeah, we live in Johannesburg in South Africa. And um, my husband and I yeah, are very happy to have our three little girls. And um, yeah, I hope that my birth stories can encourage other moms who are you know, pregnant and perhaps facing different options to what their birth plan was. That's great. Well, it's great to have you on today. Um, so we are actually going to be talking primarily primarily about your third birth story, so your third daughter. Um, But first, can you just give us a bit of a quick recap on your first two births? Sure. So when I fell pregnant with my first daughter, it wasn't um, planned. We we had hoped to wait a few more years um, before I fell pregnant. And I had no idea how I was going to get this human out of my body. Um, and everything scared me. Caesarean scared me, natural birth scared me. So I started doing a lot of research and just trying to find out as much as possible about what the options were and spoke to some of my friends who had birthed both ways. And um, yeah, I decided I wanted to give natural a try and water birth. Um, and I found um, my gynae actually works with midwives in her practice, which was great. So she didn't do natural birth. But um, she said, if, if we want to go that way, her midwives will do it with us. And um, midwife was great. And I ended up having a very textbook, straightforward birth. I did a water birth in the hospital with my midwife um, after a 12-hour labor. And um, yeah, there were no complications and it was really awesome. And then my second daughter... Um, was born almost a year later so my two eldest are 11 months apart and um, so I fell pregnant when I was breastfeeding Um, also wasn't quite planned to have such a close age gap but I knew straight away I wanted to do another natural birth so I stayed with my gynae and midwife and um, actually on my daughter my first daughter's first birthday party I went into labor and um, two and a half hours later, my second daughter was born. So she was almost born in the car. I was pushing um, in the car, I kept screaming, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. And my husband was not believing me. He kept saying, no, we've got time, We're, we've got time, you're fine, you're fine. And by the time we got to the hospital, um, I was already crowning. <laughs> and um, yeah, we ran into the hospital, midwife in hot pursuits, and we got into the delivery room with seconds to spare. And I plopped my second born. Also, no complications, very quick, very easy birth. So, yeah. And then I fell pregnant with my third, which is a very different story. That's great. That sounds like, yeah, two amazing births. So now let's talk about your third pregnancy and birth. So let's start with your pregnancy. Did you intend to get um, pregnant when you did? Yes, this time we decided um, we wanted 
a third baby. We felt like one more would complete the family. And I fell pregnant very quickly once we had made that decision. And um, yeah, we we decided that um, this time around we would we would go for a home birth. But yeah, plans changed. <laughs> Definitely. So how was your pregnancy and how did um, your planning go for a home birth? Who did you contact? What was the story so, there? We went back to my midwife um, and my gynae. They were they had been phenomenal throughout both my first pregnancies, and um, I love my midwife. And I discussed with her about having a home birth and would she be comfortable doing it, which she said yes, she would be. And um, she said as long as the pregnancy was normal and healthy and no complications, she didn't see that it would be a problem um, because with a very fast or precipitous labor um, previously, the chances are that this one would be even faster. So my concern was getting to the hospital in time. Um, so that's why we decided on the home birth. And um, so we put everything into action. I got all the things, my midwife made a list for me of everything I would need for a home birth. And I started preparing and getting things ready, um, ordering a, or booking rather, a water pool for the birth. And yeah, the birth, um, the, the, sorry, my pregnancy was very straightforward right up until 28 weeks when um, we went to the midwife and she said, oh, it feels like baby's head up bum down and um yeah that was the start of our breach journey okay so that was 28 weeks was it yes yes and what do they say the likelihood then is of your baby turning after 28 weeks so she said at that point in time it's not a major concern as um you know it's it's fairly common at that point babies are still flipping and flopping around and turning so chances are she will turn back around. Um, you know, it's not time to stress and worry yet. Um, but she was in a frank breach position, which is where she's completely folded up in half, legs straight up in front of her feet at her face. And so that is one of the more tricky positions, apparently, for babies to flip back over. So she suggested I um, go onto the Spinning Babies website and um, do some of those exercises and, and see where baby is at at 32 weeks. So that was over December, sort of over Christmas time as well. So I spent four weeks um, doing the Spinning Babies exercises, which is lying upside down on a ironing board propped up on the couch <laughs> and an ironing pack on my stomach where the baby's head was to try get her to move away from the cold and flip over so I was doing that three times a day for four weeks and um, I went to see my homeopath doctor and I got some remedies which also supposedly help the baby to turn and your uterus to just um, make room for the baby and um, at 32 weeks she said no baby's still breached she hasn't moved so let's just keep going with this, you know, keep, keep trying. So that's yeah. what I did in, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So at 32 weeks, I guess the likelihood of her turning was maybe a bit less. Um, yeah. And by that stage, what, what, how are you feeling about it? So at that point I was 
starting to get a bit nervous um, because I was worried, what if she doesn't turn? You know, um, she's only getting bigger, so the room is getting less for her to turn the space. And um, yeah, I, I had spoken to my midwife about what would the what would that mean if she didn't turn? Would we still be able to try for a vaginal birth? Which she said, well, it depends. We'd have to get the permission of the Ghani and the, um, or the consent from the Ghani, who's the backup Ghani at the hospital. And, um, you know, it's not just a straightforward yes or no, which also made me nervous because I knew my Ghani was, she herself wasn't pro-natural because she chose not to do any natural births. She would prefer to, to do the cesareans and then have her midwives do natural births. So yeah, I was feeling a little apprehensive about what, what that would mean for me. Okay, so then going on from 32 weeks, what was, what was the rest of your pregnancy like? Yeah, so I just continued doing the exercises and, um, you know, I went to a chiropractor who, she specialized in, a, in something called the Webster technique, which they realign you and it helps widen your pelvis and just get um, more space and encourage the baby to move. And um, I started reading up as well on breech birth and just trying to get as much information as possible um, on the subject and trying to find out like, you know, can women breech birth and what are the, the risks and, and, you know, complications and um yeah at 30 um at 34 weeks i had to see my no 30 yeah 34 weeks i had to see my no sorry 36 weeks i had to see the gynae and um yeah she she did a scan and she said baby is still breech yeah that would have been quite challenging for you then i think at that scan and how is john feeling about everything so he was also in support of of my my choice he he was he's also very pro natural and you know that's what he was hoping for as well so he he'd also just been encouraging and supporting me with all these things i was trying to do and so when we went to the scan together and um i said to him you know what what's gonna what are we gonna do if the baby's still breach because we were trying to feel you know every night I would lie in bed and try to feel is this her head or is it her bum but um you know I could never quite tell what I thought maybe was a head was the bum um so we were guessing and um when she said breach I just felt my whole world almost sink I was devastated I felt like the carpet had been pulled out from under my feet and um I said to her okay, well, you know, can we still go ahead with this breach birth? And she said, there's absolutely no way she will allow it. She said, it's, it's dangerous and um, she doesn't ever do breach births, this C-section. And yeah, I just burst into tears. So what was the thoughts then? You were, had a planned C-section or...? Yes, yeah, so she just um, started talking about all the the risks of a vaginal breech birth and why it wouldn't work, um, you know. And she and I said to her, "Well, we had watched a documentary which was called Heads Up. Um, it's an American documentary, but it's all about breech birth and how it's a variation of normal and it's almost a dying." Um, 
skill in obstetrics, you know, and um, those who are able to, to birth breech babies are, they're getting old, they're retiring, and there's no new, new midwives or new um, obstetricians coming in who are able to, to do that because there's, the skill is just dying out. And they just were talking in the documentary about how it is possible and, you know, it's just a variation of normal. And that documentary gave me hope. So I started speaking to my Ghani about it and, and asking her, you know, all the questions I had from this documentary and why we couldn't do it. And, and doesn't she know someone who could perhaps do it? She could recommend. And she just was not interested. She didn't want to hear it. She looked at me like I had two heads. And um, yeah, so I felt very backed into a corner and she started talking about a cesarean and the the procedure, what's going to happen when I come in to the hospital, how it works. She, yeah, she just kind of bulldozed me. And so we left that day. I remember standing in the receptionist's office while John did the payment for the, this um, appointment and I was just crying. Um, I just felt so helpless and so devastated. I felt like, you know, no one wanted to hear me out and all my choices had been taken away. Yeah, well, so at that stage, you were pretty convinced that you still wanted to try for a vaginal birth. Um, I, I was. And, you, yeah. and you'd seen some resor uh, resources on breech births. So your gynae says no. Do you, can you take, did you take it further? Yes, yeah, so I went home and I, that, that evening I just I made the decision that I just felt like it wasn't the end of the journey. Like this can't be the answer because from everything I had read, you know, breech birth, while it is a more high risk um, pregnancy, it's not, it didn't equate an emergency. It didn't have to end in a cesarean section. There were, there were women out there who had had breech births naturally. And, um, you know, it didn't have to mean you only had the option of C-section. So, I found a natural birth um, support group um, on Facebook, a South African one, which um, I put a question on there on the forum and I said, you know, this is my situation. Has anyone experienced this? Could anyone point me in the direction of perhaps a Ghani or a midwife who could help? And um, someone had put, replied and said, yes, you know, there is a midwife who is known to do breech births. And I got in contact with her and she was just so caring. Um, you know, she had never met me and I just reached out to her across Facebook and she, she answered my questions and she just was such a breath of fresh air. And she said, you know, she calmed me down and she said, it is possible and it can, it can um, be very dangerous, but everyone's different and no birth is risk-free, doesn't matter how your baby lies your baby you know you could still have a a risk when giving birth whether it's a c-section a normal birth so she said why don't I try get a ECV done um, and she put me in contact with a doctor that she works with or who is her backup gynae when she does births and she said book an ECV with him and let's take it from there and see what happens so the next day I phoned his rooms and I booked an ECV for a few days after that. So can you tell us a little bit about an ECV for uh, anyone that 
does have a breech um, baby during their pregnancy. How was the experience for you? So the ECV um, is where they try externally turn your baby around from the outside. Um, so we went through to his rooms. It was a bit of a drive from where I stay and um, he was running late um, because he had had a few emergencies during the day. And he, had book, he always apparently books his ECVs late in the evenings, so at the end of the day, because it can take a while. And um, the longer we were sitting, the more nervous I was getting and questioning whether this was the right thing to do. And perhaps I should just, you know, give up and, and just do the C-section. But as soon as we saw the doctor, he was just so lovely. He, he just, he was so gentle and so kind. And he explained exactly what was going to happen and what the risks were and um because when i did book for the ecv his receptionist said i should pack a hospital bag and bring it with in the car just to have on hand because he said one of the biggest risks of when performing an ecv is um, placenta abruption and then that would mean you have to go straight away into the emergency room and and um, have a c-section so, because they only do an ECV from 37 weeks. So I was just over 37 weeks. Um, so he, I lay on his bed, he did a scan, he checked the baby's heart rate, he checked um, where the cord was lying, where the placenta was, and, and then he said, okay, are you ready? And yeah, he was very gentle. He put his hands on my stomach and he tried to move the baby. And you could actually see when I looked down, you could see my whole stomach moving. It was quite incredible. Um, my husband was sitting down by my feet and um, yeah, he just had these huge eyes. He was like, wow, what is going on? <laughs> and um, it wasn't painful. It was quite uncomfortable. Um, it, you know, he gets his hands, it's amazing, almost under the baby's bum from the outside, you know, and pushes the baby's head and and then he, um, the baby almost, my baby turned almost halfway. So she was now lying sideways. And the whole way through, he kept talking to the baby so gently, like, come baby, it's okay, baby, you're safe. You know, just, he was just amazing. And, um, and then the, the, the whole time he was monitoring the heart rate and then her heart rate went up a little. So he said, okay, we're going to stop, give baby a break and we can try again in a few minutes so he stopped and um, he checked again with the scan. There was no bleeding or any, um, any concerns. And a few minutes later, he tried again. Um, and yeah, it, it just didn't, didn't work. Baby didn't want to move. And um, her heart rate was going a bit high again. So we stopped and, um, and then he said to me, would you like to try again? And my husband and I said, no, um, there's a reason our baby wants to be breech and we've tried twice so yeah um so he sat with me back in his room um you know in the office area and we spoke through what a breech birth would be you know i said to him if i go ahead with these midwives you know would you be the backup guy and would you support it and he said yes um he said because i've birthed twice before vaginally we know my pelvis can open up so that takes the risk of baby's head getting stuck off the table. And he said, my cord is nowhere near the bottom of my um, cervix. So cord prolapse is also not a risk. So the two major risks 
um, and concerns for a breach of birth were taken off the table and you said everything seems okay for you to to give this a try and he said you know oftentimes babies turn during birth you know during labor they actually flip back over um, and he said you don't know until you're trying mm -hmm. so i just felt this huge sense of relief like finally I had a choice. I, I was given options and I wasn't just shut down and told no. Um, so that was just, it felt like a huge weight off my shoulders. And, um, and I thought if I had to go into an emergency C-section, um, this is the gynae, this is the doctor I want there doing it, performing it because he was just phenomenal. And um, yeah, I mean, if, if, I needed a cesarean if my baby was in danger or my own life. I wouldn't hesitate, um, but it was just nice to have a choice and not be told this is the only option. Yeah, wow. So although the ECV didn't work, it sounds like the visit to the gynae was actually quite a turning point for you in feeling supported in, in having a vaginal breech birth. What were your friends and family saying? Did anyone have any input into this or did you kind of uh, keep the situation quiet? What was your approach there? Um, so both my parents and John's parents, you know, they knew um, we, we are Christians. So we had the whole, you know, we had them praying for, um, you know, just baby to turn or for favor to find a supportive birth team. So we, they did know the situation. Um, I think both our moms were little bit nervous about it and I know my dad was very um scared he he was you know he couldn't understand why would I do this um so I actually sent him the link and my mom the link to that documentary we watched um just to put his mind at ease as well so that he could see it is possible I'm not crazy I'm not you know I don't have a death wish so um that did help ease him you know, ease his mind a bit. Um, and a lot of my friends, most of my friends have had C-sections. So for them, they also just, they couldn't understand it. Um, whereas the, my sister-in-law and um, one of my good friends who had had natural births themselves were very supportive and understanding of my desire to, to go through with this and to kind of fight for the birth I wanted. Yeah, sure. So with the support of the gynae, and then you've got a midwife that's also willing, um, what was the last few weeks and um, of your pregnancy and when did you go into labour? And you can tell us the story. So the very next day after my ECV, I went through to um, Genesis to meet the, it's actually a midwifery team, um, two midwives. And I met them for the first time. Um, and they said they'd actually spoken, they'd gotten a call from my, the, the Ghani um, who did my ECV that morning to just discuss me as a patient and for him to give his blessing, so to speak, about my going ahead with a vaginal birth. And so they were very excited. They had been trained um, and worked under one of... Um, a very well-known uh, midwife who she sadly passed away a few years ago but they worked under her and and were taught how to do breech births by her and um yeah so they were skilled in it and um they had done one or two before which also eased my mind a little bit knowing that it is something they 
had done and I wouldn't be the first. And um, yeah, they were just so lovely and, and, you know, so supportive. And I, they also said to me, you know, we obviously we will not be doing a home birth because it's breech. So um, I birthed at Genesis. And yeah, the, she said, just continue with the spinning babies exercises. You never know, it may work. But when they checked me, baby was still breech and um, she was pretty stuck there. That's how she wanted to be lying. Um, it was very uncomfortable when I compare it to my previous two births, you know, having these feet up in my ribs the whole time and her head was nestled in between my rib cage. So I constantly felt like I had heartburn or like I had almost too much food to eat. That feeling was constant. And um yeah, so the last, I had another week or so before I went into labor. And um, they were also, my midwives were quite um, adamant that this might be a very fast birth again. So, yeah, we and they said the two previous breech births they had done were very fast. So I was expecting a very quick labor. And um, one Saturday we went to... Um, out for lunch with my two daughters and I started getting these very um, strong almost contractions and I wasn't sure is it a contraction or Braxton Hicks and um, as we were walking around they got a little bit more intense and at one stage I had to stop and almost buckle over and catch my breath and I said to John mm, I don't know I think let's go home just in case this is the start of something and so we went home and um, throughout the day, I had these very irregular um, sort of contractions, but they weren't consistent. They weren't um, getting closer together. So that evening I messaged my midwife to let her know. And she said, well, it does sound like early labor. Keep an eye on it. Let me know how it goes. Um, but try get some rest, which I did um, because I thought, okay, well, at some point tonight, we're going to be rushing off to Genesis. And so I woke up the next morning after a very uneventful night, <laughs> still pregnant. And um, yeah, nothing, no more contractions, nothing else happened. So I thought, okay, well, it was obviously just false labor. So I messaged my midwife and she said, no, it's your body's getting ready. So it, it's a matter of time now, you know, in the next few days, baby could be here. And that afternoon I went to the toilet and I saw I'd lost my mucus bag, which was quite, um, I was quite excited because my previous two births, I never experienced that. I didn't see when my mucus bag came out. So, um, yeah, I, I messaged her, I took a photo and um, the things midwives must see. <laughs> and I, I said to her, you know, this has just happened. And she said, no, it's definitely your mucus plug. Um, things are going to start happening now. So just, you know, keep in touch. And as the afternoon and evening progressed, I started getting more and more contractions and they were quite intense and they were probably about 12 or so minutes apart. Um, and I messaged her again and she, you know, I felt bad because I thought, oh, here we go, you know, messaging for the second time on a weekend with, you know, could it, could it be any, something or not? And she said, don't worry, don't, you're not bothering me. This is what I'm here for, you know, any time of the day or night, just phone or message. And she said, keep in contact. And at about half past 10, I, I was 
in quite a lot of pain at every contraction. They were getting longer and are down to about 10 minutes each. And she said, I should get into the bath and see what happens and stay in the bath for an hour. And um, which I did, and they didn't slow down. They actually started getting more frequent. Excuse me. And she said that that you know, is definitely indication that this is, you know, the real thing. And she said once they are seven minutes apart, um, it's time to go to Genesis, and I should phone her. So at about half past one, um, they started being seven minutes apart, and I messaged her and she said yes it's time to go so um, my mother-in-law who lives very close to us she came over to our house so she could sit with my other two daughters and um, we got in the car and we made our way to Genesis and um, yeah my husband was driving very fast because of our previous experience of you know we did not want to be breaching a breach, uh, birthing a breech baby in the car <laughs> um, yeah and we pulled through the gates of Genesis at about 2.30 and um, yeah, it was, I was nervous, I was um, excited, I didn't know what to expect um, because it was a breech birth. So, you know, I, I had to almost, it was like doing it all over again for the first time. And um, we went to our room while we waited for our midwife. And um, yeah, I just, I felt this overwhelming sense of, like I did it and you know we just prayed and we we were ready for what was to come yeah wow that's so, amazing yeah it was it was really just it was surreal and um a few minutes later both my midwives well first the one arrived and um she started you know genesis has their own pools but they bring their own birth pool um and they she started setting it up um and and filling it up and I was lying on the bed with my husband and um, then we got into I got into the birth pool once she had set it up and it was just a soft padded bottom which just felt so comfortable and um, yeah these contractions were now five um, minutes apart and um, my midwife checked me she asked my permission if she could do an internal um, just to see where, how far I was dilated. And um, I was already seven centimeters. So, which was such a relief for me because I was already so far into the, this process. And um, yeah, so I labored there for a while and then the second midwife of the team arrived and um, they, you know, they left my husband and I alone in the room and they said, you know, that they've got the call bell if they're in the, nurses station um, and they'll come check on us every little while so it was just nice to have that privacy as well and to just be left alone to to birth and to labor rather and um, they kept coming to check and it got more and more intense and um, eventually I, I called them and I said can they do another internal because I feel like I've been here forever I was feeling extremely exhausted I was in quite a lot of pain and I just wanted to know for myself how much longer, where am I in this journey? And they checked me and I was nine centimeters um, dilated. So I was so relieved. And um, they then asked me to get out of the pool and go labor a bit on the toilet. Um, so I did that and um, 
for, uh, I don't know, it felt like forever. <laughs> and um, it was quite amazing how, how much the water, when you're in the water, how much it just relieves the pain. Um, you know, it doesn't take it away, but it makes it more manageable. And as soon as I climbed out and was sitting on the toilet, um, it was just so much more intense. And um, they said to me, can, can I come and climb on the bed? And so between John and one of the midwives, they helped me to, to walk to the bed. Um, and it was, felt like one of the longest walks of my life. And I finally got on the bed and um, the midwife said to me, can she check? She put all the monitors on. She wanted to check the baby's heart rate. And then she said, could they do another internal? And I said, yes. And she said, okay, you are 10 centimeters, but your water hasn't broken and we just need to start speeding things along a little. So if we break your waters, that normally speeds things up. So they asked if they could do that, which I said, yes. So they broke my waters. And um, within seconds, I felt the urge to push. So they asked me to then get onto all fours. So because it was a breech birth, they had said to me, um, breech births normally won't be water births just because it's easier for them as midwives to see what's going on if I'm on all fours on the bed and not in the water. So that's why I was on the bed on all fours. And um, John was sitting sort of in front of me propped up on the headboard and I was I had my arms around his neck and um, she said, when you feel ready to push, you just go with it. You don't hold back. You, you know, you, you listen to your body and I'll never forget. She said, I will listen to your body, which is so amazing because, you know, you often hear of the doctors telling women when to push. And that's why epidurals aren't always the greatest because they, you can't listen to your own body. And so I started pushing and I, I could feel in myself, I was holding back. I was almost afraid of the pain. And so I, I was pushing, but I was almost trying to hold back, if that makes any sense. And um, I remember at one point, I, I screamed out at no one in particular, you know, why is it burning so? <laughs> and, um, you know, that I suppose is what they call the ring of fire, which I had never experienced with my other two. Um, but yeah, it, it did, you know, it was that intense burning feeling. And um, I just had the sense in myself, like, just let go, just, just go with it and experience it. And she said, by the, this point, um, she said, the baby's right here. She's like, I, I can, the bum is out. You just need to, you, you, we've, we're nearly there. And um, so the next push, I let out this like primal, like a rule almost. <laughs> and um, only afterwards, John told me I bit his shoulder as well as I was pushing. I actually <laughs> bit him. So I said, oh, well, that's the, you know, shame for you. Sorry yeah. for you. <laughs> and um, I pushed and, and I could almost feel my baby sliding right out. And um, it was just her head now. My midwife, I, I looked down between my legs and I could see this body, you know. Wow. Um, and she said, one more push and the head will be out. And um, I, I had that previous push that the baby came out. 
took it out of me. That was, I, I felt spent. I was exhausted and I thought there's just no way I can do this again. And then the urge to push came and, um, I just let go again. I just thought, just give into it because if you hold back, we're going to be here even longer. And I also, I just let out this primal roar and a push and my baby plopped right out. And, um, the one midwife who was helping, she was supporting my perineum uh, and she was getting the baby, but with breach, it's very hands-free. You, you know, the, the less the midwives or the doctors fiddle and touch and pull, the better. So she was just, had her hands cupped under my um, groin area so that, you know, she could support the baby, but not pull baby out. And um, the other midwife was standing at the bottom and she had my phone and she had asked earlier on if, if she can take photos and she captured some really amazing images that I'll treasure forever. Um, and when I look back on them, I still can't believe like, wow, that actually I did that. And so I reached down and I just pulled up this little purple bundle of like baby and I just started crying and I just, I looked at my husband and I looked at John and I said, I, I did it. We did it. She's here. And um, it was just phenomenal. It was so seven minutes of pushing was all it took in the end. Um, and yeah, afterwards I found out from the midwives, they never told me, which is also indication of, of good midwives to not upset me. But the, the baby's heart rate, once I'd gotten off the toilet and back onto the bed and they, before they broke my waters and they checked her heart rate, it was very high and they were quite concerned. And the one midwife had left the room to go phone my backup gynae to tell him he needs to get here because they were worried I would need a, have to have a C-section because if nothing progressed because the heart rate was so high. So once baby was born, the midwife left again to phone the gynae and say, don't worry, baby's here, everything's fine, and you can turn around. And I actually heard her on the phone saying, no, you can turn around. So he was almost at genesis when he had to turn around, but, um, which was great because they never, I was never alerted to the fact that there was a problem because I think that could have halted everything that was happening. So yeah, it, it was seven minutes of pushing and she was there, no complications. I never tore. Um, she had a little bit of oxygen, um, but other than that, she was perfect. And um, yeah, there were no complications. Wow. So that's an incredible story and actually quite a rare one to have a vaginal delivery of the breach and I can imagine like for you being so ecstatic about it but also I can imagine the midwives would have been rather chuffed to have been involved in that and having um, probably not much opportunity to to deliver breach regularly um yes. I think that's they would have been quite amazed um at how they it were went. they were just so happy and um they actually, I think it's part of Genesis um, rules or regulations. They have to have a staff midwife present in the room when you're birthing, just sort of in the background, you know, in, in, in the case that you would need extra assistance. Um, so they just, they're monitoring what's going on. And this midwife, she was quite um, elderly, uh, you know, like she wasn't a young midwife, she, you know, and she had been a midwife for many years. And she said she, in her years, she'd never ever witnessed a breach 
birth and that's coming from a midwife and she was just also i could see she was blown away she was bending down trying to see you know mm -hmm. she i think her she was just couldn't believe what she was seeing so yeah it was just amazing and um i even had the um she was uh the maitre d of genesis come in and see me later on that day and just she wanted to hear what had happened because she said it's just unheard of yeah. so yeah it was just it was incredible and um if it weren't for that skilled midwifery team um you know and my doctor who has the belief that you know a woman's anatomy is created for this and he supported it you know this may not have I may not have had that opportunity. So, yeah, I'm just grateful that, you know, I was able to fight for and through the birth I wanted and knew I could achieve. You definitely found the best care providers uh, for the birth. And yes. did you say your daughter, how, um, how did she come out? Was her legs up against her chest? Or? Yes, she was completely folded in half. So she... Yeah, she was totally folded in half. Her legs were straight up right in front of her, her chest and two little feet, you know, near her face. Very and, cute. Yeah, that's how she came out. So, you know, she, she had what my midwife said are called breech legs. So for the first few days of her life, whenever she wasn't swaddled or um, wrapped up, her two little legs would almost automatically kind of stick up to the sky when I was changing her <laughs> nappy and um, they just naturally go like that and even now she's two and a half and she she's so flexible she her legs are always wide open when she's in the car seat and that's just comfortable for her she sleeps in this odd froggy position that I've never seen in my life so I think she's just gonna always be very flexible in her whole life so she had to go for a hip scan at six weeks just to check she didn't have hip dysplasia um, which I believe is um what all breech babies have to have done um and but she was fine yeah that's very sweet i guess she spent a lot of months with her legs like that but no wonder yes. she's like flexible <laughs> yeah. oh and it, and now she's doing well there was no complications post by the sounds of it no she's perfect she um yeah there were no complications at all she she's healthy she great she runs and jumps and dances like the rest of them so yeah um and i have no complications either um yeah so when i went back for my six-week checkup and my midwives checked everything and they said you know everything looks fine and you know there's no worry of prolapse or anything like that so yeah um you know having that birth um it wasn't a complication for me and it wasn't a hindrance or anything like that so I'm just grateful I got the opportunity to be able to to do that yes and I I guess not many women have the opportunity or find the right care providers um, to empower them in that situation uh, what would you say you've learned from that pregnancy it was quite a journey um I I would say that empowering yourself and equipping yourself through research and knowledge just so that if you want something you know and you know it's possible then you can do it you know fight for it and don't just give up you know if someone says 
no, um, maybe find someone else, get a second opinion, um, and, and then, you know, weigh up your options. But if I just accepted what my original Ghani had said, um, when she, she said no, and she closed the book on that, and then I, you know, I wouldn't have had this experience that I had, and I wouldn't have had this opportunity to just share my story and hopefully empower other women and just give maybe some other woman hope, because that is truly what I do hope is that, you know, someone maybe in a similar situation would hear this and go, wow, like I do have an option. I, you know, there is, there is a choice for me. So, you know, you can always find someone who would be willing to hear you out. Yeah, it's such an inspiring story and I was so pleased that you could share it with us. I guess just upon reflection, I'm just hoping that midwives are able to keep their skills in delivering breech babies so women actually do have that option available in the future because I know that um, it's happening less and less with the prevalence of c-sections you did mention a um, documentary heads up um, yes. I believe that's what it was did you have any other resources you'd recommend to pregnant women or people that um, do have a baby in a breech position um, so I read the book by Millie Hill called The Positive Birth Book, um, which was very helpful. You know, there she covers everything from, con you know, from when you conceive right up to the different kinds of births you can have and postpartum. Um, yeah, so that was just a really helpful book. And she's also got a web page, um, which was also very helpful. And um, also a book called Supernatural Birth, which is a Christian faith-based book just about birth and um, found that very powerful. And also for any breach moms out there, I also found a page called Breach Nation. It's on Instagram and um, it's run by a lady in America. Her name's Jessica. And um, yeah, she was very helpful also and supportive with me. And she puts up lots of um, breach stories and um, tips and advice on her blog as well as on her Instagram so that's also a nice one to to look into if you need. Thank you so much for those and we'll definitely put those links up on our website so people can access them and um, and tag that Instagram page on on your post as well. So um, yeah it's just so excellent to have you on Deanne and thank you for encouraging um, yeah with just generally pregnant women and um, particularly those that are looking to um, have a breech birth. Um, yeah, I just, um, yeah, really am inspired by your story. And I think uh, just thinking about your story, it just sounds very brave, um, but you've just made it sound like it's um, so doable. So that's quite amazing. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm really grateful because, you know, um, I know breech birth is not for everyone and there are risks associated to it. But, you know, I do believe informed decision making is for everyone. And, um, you, sh you know, it's, it's a terrible feeling to have your choices taken away from you and told you can't when you know that you could. So, yeah, um, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for sharing your birth story. Pleasure. Thank you so much for listening in to this episode of South African Birth Stories. I absolutely loved interviewing Deanne and I hope that you enjoyed the episode. 
If you're looking for any more birth stories, then please head over to our website, www.southafricanbirthstories.co.za for many more episodes. Also on our webpage, there's a section that says, tell your story. We would absolutely love to hear from any woman that has given birth in South Africa. So please send us an email and we'd love to get you on our podcast. Well, until next time, take care.